Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, y'all, before we get to the show, some quick announcements about what I am up to. I have a lot going on this fall, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. On October 18th, I will be joining Samita Makapadai and Kate Harding live on stage at the Boston Athenaeum to talk about their rad new anthology, Nasty Women, Feminism, Resistance, and Revolution in Trump's America. You can get info about that event at bostonathenaeum.org. And of course, I am also gearing up for the release of Unscrewed the Book, which is more officially known as Unscrewed Women's Sex Power and How to Stop Letting the System Screw Us All. So you're definitely going to want to go to getunscrewed.com and click over to the events page where you'll find the tour schedule. This is just the dates we have so far. More dates are still being planned. So if you don't see your city there, let me know and I will definitely see if I can make it. The whole tour is being made possible by the fantastic folks at The Pleasure Chest. Since 1971, the year I was born, The Pleasure Chest has firmly believed that everyone has a fundamental right to pursue sexual fulfillment. With boutiques in New York, L.A., and Chicago, at which I will be most definitely stopping for tour events for Unscrewed, The Pleasure Chest is committed to accurate, pleasure-based education and offers an array of free weekly workshops through their Pleasure Ed program, which is open to anyone looking to expand their pleasure IQ. Their highly trained and sensitive staff is ready to help you find what you're looking for in a safe and judgment-free environment. Prefer to do your sexy shopping online? Visit PleasureChest.com and browse their diverse range of products and special collections curated by today's top sex educators like past unscrewed guests L. Chase and Tristan Taramino, plus Midori, Reed McCallo, and lots more. Check out PleasureChest.com for a complete listing of upcoming events nationwide. And because I got y'all, you can use the code UNSCREWED at checkout and enjoy a free Pleasure Chest lube with every purchase. All right. See you out there. Now here's the show. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman. Welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. I want to start this episode with a confession I was really surprised that Harvey Weinstein was fired. I'm assuming most of you have been following the story. Harvey Weinstein, who is sort of the producer god of indie film. There was a big expose about him last week in the New York Times about his history of sexually harassing young, vulnerable women who need him. It seems like something he's done pretty much his entire career. And it's been an open secret in Hollywood. Nobody did anything about it. And 
So suddenly it came out and he said he was going to like take a leave and try to heal or whatever, whatever. But the board of the company he co-founded and his name is on it. It's like the Weinstein company or something like that. They were like, that's not enough. And they fired him. And I was like, my original gut response to that was like, oh, my God, really? They fired him? Isn't that a little extreme? And then I thought about it. I was like, no, either they have a sexual harassment policy or they should have a fucking sexual harassment policy. And he's been violating it regularly for like a couple of decades at least. So, no, it's not too fucking extreme. But I would just sort of have been kind of interrogating that initial gut impulse and thinking about how on some emotional subterranean emotional level I've stopped expecting women to be taken seriously as human beings (laughs) you know last week was a really shitty week in general and especially around men and masculinity there was the horrible Vegas shooting there was Trumpistan rolling back our birth control rights and telling us it was for our own good and like hot tip Anytime men act to limit our sexual freedom, they tell us it's for our own good. Like, fuck you. There's the expose in BuzzFeed about Milo Yiannopoulos's friends in the liberal media sicking him on Lindy West and Zoe Quinn and encouraging him to do all kinds of misogynist transphobic crap. And then literally just today, as I was about to record this, I read a story about a guy in Michigan who violently raped a woman. And then years later, the county tracked him down and granted him custody of the child that was a product of that rape because the woman had filed for public assistance for her and her child and the county didn't want to have to pay for it. So therefore her rapist who didn't even seek it now has joint custody of her child and I I just realized that I've been getting kind of exhausted being constantly ground down uh, by all the ways that women aren't treated like full human beings uh, in our present moment in our present culture and I, I think I've I lost my uh, cheery, indefatigable hope- hopefulness, at least temporarily. So, and, and you know, I think that's understandable, but I don't think it's a useful place to be. I mean, maybe it's useful in a defensive place. Like, if I don't hope things will be better, then I don't get disappointed. But it's not really good in terms of motivating me to work for change if I don't hope that things will be better. So... I've decided I'm going to look harder for wins and celebrate them wherever I find them. Uh, I'd love to hear yours. Like, where are you seeing women's humanity, women's sovereignty and autonomy surprisingly affirmed? Where are you seeing folks fighting back and and winning? Talk to me. Let's find hope together. Uh, Use the unscrewed hashtag on Twitter. You can also at me on Twitter at Jacqueline F. You can email me unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Friedman is F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Let's piece together some hope together. Okay, so if you enjoyed last week's episode, Feminasty, with Kate Harding and Samita Mukhopadhyay about all kinds of stuff and their new anthology, Nasty Women, which is amazing. I hope you've got yours. 
I have a treat for you because, as I mentioned, that was a crossover episode and I saved a bunch of stuff so that they could air it in their own episode that they cut from that conversation we recorded together. And that episode is just live today. So the podcast is called Feminasty and the episode with me went up today. And ironically, or appropriately enough, we discussed courage in the face of oppression and awfulness. I just want to tease you with a little clip uh, in which I talk about how I figured out how to keep going when I wanted to give up after the election. It was really hard in the days running up to and after the election to be like, well, this is like a fairy tale now. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's on fire and I'm going to talk about like perfecting the sexual culture. And I did come around like I want I'm so excited to get the book out into the world now because what I what I believe once my head got clear and I sort of started by pretending to believe but now genuinely believe is, you know, it doesn't serve us to just play defense at a time of backlash, right? That if all we do in a time of backlash is get into a defensive crouch, the best thing we can wind up with is minimal losses, like minimal backsliding. Whereas if we still play offense, if we're still moving toward our vision, A, it attracts so many more people. People get so much more excited about something that you're for than something you're against. Yeah. That's just human nature. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if, if we keep playing offense, we can move. We can still move some balls down the field, right? Mm-hmm. The federal government doesn't control every effing thing. Um, right. And so... You know, it's sort of about, like, not letting them move the Overton window, yeah. right? Uh, and I I feel actually now so strong and confident about that. Like, I'm, I'm almost evangelical about it. But at the time, like, in the thick of it, it was hard to see. And I just felt like, well, who the fuck cares about this book, right? right? Like, uh, this book was written assuming the world was going to be different than it now is. Um but I feel like I really do now feel like it's it's just as relevant it was as it was going to be, and if possibly yeah. more relevant. Um, and I'm really proud. But it was just it was hard in those weeks. Well, and you know what you were brave. What brave? Thank you. I'm so brave. I wrote a book. Um. <laughs> no, it is. It's brave to push through like that massive you know wave of self doubt and and feeling like what you're doing is meaningless. And I think. That's what we all have to do, because if we don't push through and we're all feeling that on some level, all of us who are progressives, I think if you don't push through it, then all you're doing is, you know, leaving this country to the people who want to destroy it. Exactly. Now is not the time to play small ball. Yeah. You know, the thing that transformed it for me, it's this like little miraculous happening, which is. Do you want to find out what it is? You're going to have to tune into Feminasty to find out. Go look it up right now. Download it so you can listen to it when this podcast is over. Feminasty with Kate Harding and Samita Mukhopadhyay. Subscribe to it. Listen to it. Love it. I listened to their first episode last week with Liz Plank, and it was awesome and really, like, fun and affirming. I want to close now with something a little different. 
Uh, if you all remember around Valentine's Day, I had aired an interview with Carrie Ichikawa Jenkins. The episode was called A Little Ineffable. She is a philosopher of love. And she also has a new podcast out called Labels of Love. And she had me on to talk about the philosophical underpinnings of consent. And the way she's doing her show is really cool. She has these short little episodes that are basically like audio montages just of the best bits that people say. So here's a little taste of my episode on consent. I think right now, a lot of conversations about consent are stuck on the rules and laws level. And, you know, look, there need to be rules and laws. But I do think that consent actually becomes much less confusing and much more liberating when you get to that deeper ethical level with it. And I feel like when you're starting to ask, like, what you can get away with before it becomes a rape, you're asking kind of a rapey question instead of centering what I think is a nearly universally held value, which is if you stop and think about it, of course you only want to do stuff that your partner wants to do. It's ultimately about recognizing their humanity. I think that when you especially repeatedly dehumanize other people, it dehumanizes you. Part of the reason I think that a lot of men especially don't seek consent is because they're afraid of the answer and they're afraid of what it means about them. Because of this model that says, you know, if you can't get the woman who you've decided is high value, you're not a real man, you're not a good enough man. There's a lot of brittleness among men when it comes to sexual and romantic rejection. It feels very deep and personal. And it also is about teaching emotional literacy. How do you feel that sort of pain of rejection? That's human, mm -hmm. right? How do you feel that in a way that it doesn't feel like a crisis? That doesn't mean this person is bad or has done something to wound me. Like, however bad this feeling feels, I know it will eventually ease. I have some coping skills to deal with it in the meantime. These are skills that we don't teach very much and especially we don't teach or value in men. It's not a referendum on your value as a human, whether an individual person that you want to be with in some way does or doesn't want you. Men are often assumed to want to have any kind of sex at any time right. and don't have a lot of room to say no in that sense. Like, right. you know, it, it really can go in every direction. And so it's important no matter what your gender and what the gender of the person that you're having sexual interactions with. Even those of us who have queer sex do it having been raised in this culture that has taught us like you're either the pursuer or the pursued. Prevention is always better than intervention. Raising boys who don't see sex as a conquest, who do see sex as a creative collaboration, you know, with one or more other people, who see women as three-dimensional, interesting humans. You know, we need to be raising boys to think stories about girls are cool. We're seeing more stories about girls, but they're pitched at girls, which is great, you know, which is fabulous. But the, the ceiling or the wall that hasn't been broken is the idea that boys can identify with stories about girls and women. When we don't do that, you know, we get men who don't think of women as fully human, as, right, as equal right, to right, them, right? right? Like, I think it has roots deeply in childhood. 
there's nothing inherent in boys not identifying with girls and women as protagonists, right. as the heroes of stories. It's 100% conditioning. I mean, I think the Doctor Who thing, the thing that sticks out to me is that, like, the next day or the day after the Daily Mail ran naked pictures of her. It's so telling. Women are supposed to be devalued by being overtly sexual. And especially by being controlled, right? You know, so, like, you remove control, agency, sovereignty, context, and you you take that away from her. Now you can feel like you own her or have control over her. It, again, gets back to the question of who gets to be seen as fully human. There is more where that came from, but not too much more. The whole episode is under 10 minutes. You can consider it just like a little primer on the philosophy of consent. So if there's anybody in your life who really doesn't get affirmative consent, this is the perfect thing to share with them. And again, the podcast is called Labels of Love by Carrie Ichikawa Jenkins. Okay, that is all we have time for today on Screwed Nation. If you have an advice question about sex or sexuality you'd like help with from me and a future guest, send it in. We have a couple more, but we are starting to run low on those. Uh, send it to me at unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. You can even audio record it and send it to me as an audio file and we'll play it on the show. Uh, I love to hear what you guys are grappling with and what we can help you out with. Similarly, if you have ideas for future topics you'd like us to cover or future guests you'd like us to have on, I'm always open to hearing that stuff. Hit me up with it. This season is mostly all set, but I will be starting to plan next season at some point soon. And I'd love to hear what you're thinking about. Unscrewed is available wherever fine podcasts are found. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Acast. Uh, while you're in there, you know what to do. Subscribe. Drop us a rating. Give us five stars. Give us a one or two sentence review. It makes a huge difference in helping people find the show. You can also tweet and Facebook and Instagram and whatever about the show if you want to spread the word that way. Really appreciate all the support that I get from you all. Unscrewed is produced and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with The Establishment, who also designed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.